Paradigm Shift, your YouTube channel. You got uh, one of the coolest intros. Uh, it's very reminiscent of Unsolved Mysteries whenever it starts. Are you the one who edited that? Yeah. So um, I love doing art. I do everything related to art. So I make all of my intros, outros, all of the graphics. And um, before I even started having Paradigm Shifts, it had a different name, my YouTube channel. And I originally used to make music. I made ASMR sleep music along with um, music that just truly interested me from different parts of the world. And I just wanted to make something that I liked at the time. And it ended up kind of submerging into the work I do today of just being really creative when it comes to the laptop or even on paper. Right. No, you did a fantastic job. Like I said, every time I listen to it, it's like, oh, it's good. It's the same thing with Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, that song gets me every single time. Every time I listen to it, I'm like nine years old again, just being creeped out, right? Every time. Uh, so kudos on that. And uh, I was yeah. listening to your uh, interview. So you've interviewed people like Jimmy Church, uh, Micah Hanks, Lou Elizondo, like you were mentioning. Uh, so some pretty big names right out of the gate. And I've been watching you over the last year. Just out of nowhere, uh, you just came in like I have to ask you, what was your initial interest in UFOs? What got you started in all of this? Growing up, my dad was a huge Twilight Zone fan. Like, he loved the Twilight Zone. For people that don't know it, it's a black and white TV show from the very early 1960s. Uh, talking about everything weird, really. You got, you got UFOs, you got aliens, you got uh, the paranormal portals. I mean, literally everything you can imagine. So him and I used to watch it on repeat. And on the sci-fi channel, every single New Year's, it would just run for 48 hours. So him and I would just binge watch it. We'd get all the pizza, all the popcorn, you know, what every kid dreams of, right? To hang out with their dad and just just really nerd out on these TV shows. So that's what really, really got me started in it. I don't have some crazy story of like anything else, but it's really just TV. Like I'm so lucky to live, excuse me, um, in the generation that I am now where we have the internet, we have TV shows, we have movies. And I grew up watching all types of alien movies, paranormal movies since the get-go. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, even kids from the 80s which i am we we kind of had that as well not to the amount that you have now or or you had access to but that was a huge thing culturally uh for us even as kids growing up with et it just opened us up to the idea of you know possible alien visitations and stuff like that i still remember what et was like and it just felt like oh it could totally happen and and it, maybe it did i don't know what i was gonna say is that uh Spielberg had a huge influence on our generation and oh, yeah. generations after that. So uh, it, I'd love to have him on at some point just to talk to him about UFOs and working on, you know, close encounters. That, that'd be cool. I but, would listen to that. That'd be, that oh, would be awesome. Oh, that'd be, yeah. If I, if, I, if there's only a way to reach those people without sounding crazy as a podcaster, <laughs> paradigm shift was that within the last year? Yes. Yeah. So originally I used to make um, 
videos uh, on UFO sightings. So I used to just kind of find videos I could find on YouTube or MUFON or other platforms and go ahead, download them and try to enhance this footage, zoom in on it, um, stabilize it, and really try to make it as clear as possible for people to go ahead and decide um, their opinions on what it really was. And if it ended up being an IFO, an identified flying object, I would go ahead and place in the title exactly what it was. Because sometimes, you know, some footage looks really legit. You're like, oh my gosh, what is this? But if you just do a little bit more research, you can understand that actually this is, you're able to identify exactly what it is. And I had Excuse me. I have uh, no embarrassment when it comes to being wrong, especially in this field. Nobody has the answers. Absolutely right. no one has all the answers. And if they do, as Jimmy Church says, you better run the other way because they're probably lying to you. So for me and being so new to this field, you know, I'm only 22. I've only been doing this seriously for maybe a year. I've I've fallen into so many holes and I've hit so many dead ends and I've tried to listen to people that say I have all the answers and I'm always disappointed at the end because they don't. And if anything, they honestly don't even know what they're talking about. That's true. Unfortunately, this field, um, there's a lot of it. Uh, what's your opinion on like the disputes? And um, I think they're quite silly, but the disputes within ufology amongst you know, people of, of the same interest, but they seem to be fighting each other. Uh, we don't need to name names, but that has been happening for so long that it gives sort of it discredits us because we're fighting amongst ourselves about what all of this is or who's got the right answer. So I was wondering, what, what are your thoughts on that? It's a really interesting one. Overall, this kind of topic the ufo uap topic it's really divided you definitely have two parts and in those two parts you have other parts inside of those parts if that makes sense that's so yeah. it's very easy to this is merely just speculation it's very easy when everyone is all divided to go ahead and place disinformation for people to believe that kind of information so this topic is so convoluted you have absolutely really no idea what's truth what's not truth who to believe who to listen to where to research you don't because everything is kind of in the deep muddy water so when everything is divided as it is maybe for the government it's a lot easier for them to maybe possibly control the narrative and and how do you like when you get this information or like you see uh you know something new how, how do you process that to see if it's legit because i i fall for stuff all the time um you know I, i'm still on the fence i don't know if you've seen the jerusalem U, uh, ufo the 2011 yeah. one what are your thoughts on that because like i'm blown away by the video and if it's fake like they did a hell of a good job on it i i keep an open mind to everything i see everything that i hear and the biggest thing is a lot of these disputes are really just based on opinion there's not really a lot of facts so i try to stay away from them in a way right. um just because they become a really huge distraction and a lot of people when they harbor a certain kind of when they're doing their research, they end up making it their religion or their foundation of their research, when in reality, it might not be true. This topic, again, it's it's so confusing. So you have to keep an open mind, be a complete skeptic. And as my father has told me since the beginning of my life is uh, trust no one, trust absolutely nobody, but it shouldn't stop you from trying to 
look for the information yourself. Which is good advice. Uh, never, I, I mean, the media is losing so much ground as of late. Uh, things are coming out of the woodworks, and people are just not believing the news anymore. It's we re, we really are living in a weird time right now. Like the world's on fire, and nobody trusts the media, and it's just oh man, what a mess. But yeah, that's especially when it comes down to disclosure. That's the part that to me, I'm like, okay, that's going to take a side seat right now because of everything that's going on with covid and and of all course. that of but course. when the report came out what was your initial like what what did you think of the report were yeah. you blown away by anything or were you kind of like meh so obviously a lot of us have been talking about this for 180 days you know everyone's <laughs> been just chatting and chatting and chatting about it. And I said from the beginning that it's going to be a preliminary report. They're not going to mention the word aliens. They're not going to mention the word ETs that so many people are hoping for. And don't get me wrong, if that word did come up, that would be amazing and exciting. But it that's not something that the Pentagon would go ahead and release. So when I saw the report, it it met my expectations and they were incredibly low. They were incredibly low expectations. But what impressed me the most is the elephant in the room. And that was only one case was solved out of 144 cases. But 180 days simply is not enough time to go ahead and attempt to solve 144 cases. That's nearly impossible, especially when you're dealing with so many factions, so many branches of the government. It, 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 it was a really big um, order and it wasn't fulfilled. Obviously, the seagull um, conspiracy has been going around, so there's a lot of seagulls that may be responsible for some of these sightings. <laughs> Just putting out there. Uh, I've heard that a few times, even on your show. That's quite funny. Um, that is funny, but I'm I'm definitely waiting for something a lot more meaty in the future. And again, it's a preliminary report, report so we can go ahead and um, look forward for another report to come from the Pentagon. And it will come maybe, maybe in just in a few more months or maybe in a year. We simply don't know when. If they're going to come out with, hey, UAPs are real, this is actually a phenomenon, it gives credibility to everything else, like the cattle mutilations, the abduction phenomenon, all of that becomes valid, you know, uh, or, or points that eventually people are going to start going, hey, what about this, though? Isn't that linked together? And that's just a matter of time. My my thinking is that, you know, people are eventually going to come around to this subject because let's face it, people still are on the fence today, even though we have Pentagon footage that's been released. Um, people are still on the fence. They're like, I'll talk to people. They're like, what? UFOs? That's a thing? It's like, how? what have you not been... <laughs> Have you not been watching the news? Like, well, I mean, it's not really a topic that many people are necessarily interested in. And that's why I think having these podcasts, having these new TV shows that are coming out, such as UFO that came out of Showtime, I think just yesterday or two days ago, it's having these conversations that can go ahead and educate the public and make them begin to question these things, to really build their curiosity. Because here's the thing. Well, the biggest question is, what is knowledge? What does that mean? Knowledge is, at least in my opinion, is either when you have an experience or if you go ahead and just attempt to listen to others. You don't know anything until you read it, until you listen to it. Until right. then, it doesn't exist in your brain. That's true. You almost need a, and somebody to introduce you to something, right? Exactly. So yeah. it just, it just, it, we just need one person to create the domino effect for everyone out there. 
Yeah, but it's hard to. I think it'll be a, a multiple people to uh, create that that effect, and it's already happening right now. Like I'm seeing the success that you're having, uh, you know, Ryan, that uh, uh, Sprague, what he's having, uh, Christy yeah. Newton. Like everybody's building this audience, and not only that, but platform to discuss the subject on on a serious level. Uh, you know, watching your videos that you've you've had on on YouTube. I mean, you've you've touched up on a lot of subject, the different races that are out there uh, that one me- was fun <laughs> oh, yeah. was, it was meant to be one show and it turned into three shows because jimmy church he is literally just a plethora of knowledge so it was really awesome to have him on but i was like not expecting it to be three episodes long but i'm so happy that- it was Oh, really? Because that legitimately looked like you guys had planned like a three, like it just, it looked legit. Yeah. Oh, no. No, we just winged it. Well, actually, I, I had a lot of notes because, again, I am incredibly new to this topic. And the big reason to why I have paradigm shifts, shifting the paradigm, and the other one, mysteries with the history, is not only to educate myself, but to educate those that really know nothing about the topic. We right. have a lot of podcasters already who um, their audience are an older generation, those that already kind of have a background knowledge of what's going on. So they can really hit. Uh, breaking news subjects and people can understand my channel is more directed towards those that really have no idea what's going on and trying to look for a channel that has as little bias and as a little opinion as possible because this topic it's just riddled with opinion and bias so it's very difficult to find overall to find people that try to give their best information or at least just kind of read like repeat things that they read and have other people make their own assumptions on that your perfect disclosure if if you were to have one if you had to pick the perfect disclosure what, what what would that be for you Oh my gosh, the perfect disclosure. Well, I can tell you that definitely won't be coming from the government. That I mean, that's for darn sure. They mm-hmm. won't be telling us anything. And if they do, they're, they'll, they'll use language that literally no one can understand. So the perfect disclosure would be seeing another, seeing an alien craft, right, come down, but for the whole globe. I think that would be the absolute best disclosure that no one can really dismiss. Right. Something like out of a movie or something. Um, exactly. Yeah. Like all of the movies that we've seen. Visitors. Um, oh, my gosh. There's so many. And I, uh, my, my brain is just it just stopped working. But there's a, quite a few movies where we see huge crafts just come over the planet. There's been several incidences where, um, you know, people will have a telepathy or a, a message saying, hey, go outside, go outside. And then usually something happens when they go outside, either they get taken or they witness something. Mm -hmm. So I always thought it would be more something cerebral. So something where we all get this message at the same time to either go outside and look outside or flashes or something. Uh, That's, I think that if that's their disclosure, because there's two disclosures, there's ours, which is revealing that we, what some of us know, and then theirs, Right. Because just because the government would release like, yeah, they're extraterrestrials and they're here doesn't mean we would control like if if they would show up or anything, which would be cool. (laughs) But I I just don't think that's in the cards. No, of of course not. But what else could they say? Because, I mean, their their goal, right, their job, the Pentagon, the government to take care of their citizens is to keep them calm. 
Right. Right. To, and also not to have them ask questions. Right. But the biggest one is to keep them safe and to keep them calm. I mean, that might um, that could have also been the part that might have been withheld from the public. Right. Because Congress, right. they got their own special report. And um, yeah, so special members of Congress did see a slightly different report than what we did. So maybe it's a possibility that the word other maybe did fit your requirements, the the, the things that you were hoping for. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking forward to further, you know, more like I said, more juicier reports. But like you mentioned, they they got a, a separate one. Maybe it does mention it. I I would just like to see something, you know, leaked out to the public that that has that in it. Like, hey, it could be extraterrestrial. Just prepare yourself, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, but I mean, if that even were to happen, right, you're still going to have this divide of like, oh, it's real. No, it's not real. Who do you believe in all of this? So regardless if the government does go, go out and say, yes, aliens are real, how many people are actually going to believe that? Because we are many people already don't trust the government, you know, or right. it could it could literally be disinformation. And here's a really good example. Before 2017 and maybe before 2016, right, people in the UAP topic really wanted a whistleblower or someone to come out from the government and go ahead and say, yes, aliens are real, or someone who had the background knowledge to go ahead and try to guide the the public, right? right? Then we got Lou Elizondo and people are saying, half the population is saying, oh my gosh, he's amazing. Exactly what we asked for. And then you have the other half saying, he's an absolute disinformation agent. He doesn't count. Yes, I did ask for him, but not for him specifically. I don't trust him. So regardless of what people ask for, regardless, there's going to be a split. Yeah, and I'm I'm team Lou all the way. Like I think, you know, some people think he's a disinformation agent. I think he's legit, like 100%. Like he has seen stuff or he knows stuff that uh, you know, he's still has, you know, a, a clearing like he still can't divulge any of the information, but uh, I've seen a lot of attacks on Lou and like I said, I personally think Lou's legit that uh, you know, he is who he's, he claims to be and uh, even uh, Senator Reid said, you know, even wrote in the letter saying, no, this guy was put in ATIP by me. And uh, his record is clean as far as I'm re- I'm concerned on that. So and, and no one's caught him in a lie yet. No one's created a video or created a report saying that he went against what he said. Right. With other possible people that are liars, eventually they're going to slip up. There's going to be at one point in time where they're going to mess up their lie. But with Lou Elizondo, there, that hasn't been the case yet. Yeah. It's like honesty, best policy, right? Like he's telling the truth. And as long as he's telling the truth, he's not going to get busted. Because mm-hmm. it's once you get busted, that's it. Your whole credibility goes out the window. Uh, and so far, you know, Lou, how, how long has he been at it since 2017? I mean, with uh, To The Stars. He still hasn't, like you mentioned, still hasn't screwed up. That's a great point. Yeah, but within that, within the, the community in itself, we have a big problem that that distrust. I, there's even, I would say, people within the community, but their 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 theories are so out there that even I'm like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> where did you get this? Right, like, and they're the ones a lot of the time saying, oh no, this this person's a disinformation agent. I'm like, okay, but I've, I've listened to your theories, and. uh have you thought maybe you were wrong on this? Like uh, <laughs> some people are just, whew, uh, 
I don't know if you know anybody like that, but uh, just fair warning, a few of them like have reached out to me to be on the podcast, and I'm like, no, I can't, I can't cover that. There's no way. Like that's insane. Even even if their ideas are crazy, right? I don't necessarily think it's a terrible thing to listen to them because it can strengthen your argument. Um, further, mm-hmm. right? To, to go ahead and find their faults if you truly believe that they are incorrect. Or maybe you could truly believe, you know what? That kind of makes sense what they say. And then you can go ahead and do your own research and dive deeper than maybe what they have. So I, I find it is a very confusing place to be because some people, yes, they definitely sound crazy they really really do but if you try to listen to them with um, no bias or no opinion you can kind of pick out things that maybe might make a little bit of sense or at least to go ahead and strengthen your argument to make you sound more credible yeah but there's sometimes that uh you know mark twain once said never argue with an idiot because they tend to bring you down to their level and then they beat you with years (laughs) of experience and (laughs) I fall for that every single time. I'll I'll argue with anybody. But there's some theories out there, you know, like, you know, the the fake alien invasion theories. And, you know, I haven't covered that on, on the podcast. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm on the fence because I'm like, is that something really that I want to cover? Is that because to me, that's just a, a a theory. That's nothing that I can prove. There's nothing to steady there. You know what I mean? Because there's so much to ufology that's kind of like, do I cover that? Because... Some people might want to hear that angle and uh, I might not give it any credibility. So that's the problem that we have in this field is, is trying to remain afloat without, you know, drinking too much Kool-Aid, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I completely agree. And that's why I truly believe that this topic is one of the most important topics uh, right now in the world, truly in the world, just because not only is it so confusing on what to cover, but at one point, at one point in time, we are going to get disclosure in one form or another. And the better that we can educate people, even if we think that possibly the evidence is ludicrous, the fact that we're going and we're educating the public, educating people that want to truly listen to us, to listen to our podcasts, that's making a really big difference. Well, well said. Well said. Um, I want to talk about night watches. Uh, you do night watches as well. Like you go sky watching and, and uh, looking out for, for UFOs. Uh, so I want to talk to you about that because uh, I haven't actually talked a lot about it with some of my recent guests, but just about how fun that could be and what kind of equipment would you bring out just on a night watch. Uh, I'm very curious about what, what you've learned throughout uh, your years of doing that. So let's talk about that a little bit if that's okay it's definitely not something that i do as much as i want to maybe just a few times a month and i'm absolutely no expert okay i i learn as i go it's trial and error i'll go ahead and i'll scruff my knees all the times i fall with this whole topic altogether. but with uh sky watching you don't need any fancy equipment i did cover in one of my episodes on my show having guests on the panel and trying to go ahead and discuss the best ways to go ahead and do sky watches because there are tour groups right across 
across the United States, probably across the world, where they can easily con you and say that that satellite right there is actually a UFO or that airplane right there is actually a UFO. And it for people that don't have any background knowledge on how to sky watch, they're going to fall for this and they're going to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to these con men who are just pointing out satellites, which there are tons, tons right. in our atmosphere. So I think the biggest and most important before even buying any fancy equipment is downloading on your phone airlines that are passing by in your area and satellites that are passing by in your area. That is the number one best piece of advice I can give anybody is just downloading free apps on your phone. And it's completely free. So you're not going out and going to the store and spending hundreds of dollars on equipment. Right. No, that's that that's to eliminate the planes or the satellites that are overhead right yeah and oh uh sorry to mention i did say satellites in our atmosphere <laughs> my bad um they are in our space orbit and i need to clarify that because someone's gonna nitpick it and they're gonna be like wow christina dumb so i mean like, just <laughs> in our atmosphere she's totally wrong i keep thinking of the guy from the simpsons whenever i think of a critic uh yeah no it's true and so you found so the apps is is what you use how about um just the standard equipment like, do you go out with a telescope like what's your your, your preference Definitely a good pair of binoculars is important. This way you can do it in the daytime or in the nighttime, depending on what kind of binoculars you get. Because, look, UFOs do not just come out at night. They come out whenever they feel like it, if they want to, right? So you can do it in the daytime or in the nighttime. So a pair of binoculars is uh, incredibly important. And if you can, just afford um, night vision as well, if if you are going to go ahead and do it out at night. Myself, personally, I have a Psyonix Aurora Pro, which is an infrared camera. It's digital and not incredibly expensive. It's like, I think, well, kind of, I think I paid like 900 or a thousand for it. That'd be like but, two grand Canadian. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's really awesome because when you're looking through this camera, it's like you're seeing in the daytime, kind of, you see a little bit of color, kind of black and white, but usually when you're using a flashlight, it, it's not good. It's not right. good if you're going to do it at night. But if you're using infrared or even just a, a tube night vision as well, these kinds of things are definitely going to help you. And maybe you'll end up seeing something incredibly awesome. But, uh, you know, night vision is is uh, so much more expensive than just a tube night vision. Like a night vision camera is more expensive than a tube night vision. So totally. if you don't have a budget... Yeah, then just go ahead and get binoculars and just download the app. But if you have some cash to spend, personally, I really love the Psyonix Aurora Pro infrared camera. Psyonix. I'm going to write that down. I'm probably butchering the spelling of it, but I don't care. I'll, I'll get the uh, <laughs> I'll get the gist of it when I look at it later. Yeah, Psyonix, yeah. 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 So let me just quickly repeat that. Um, So the digital, right, digital cameras are going to be cheaper than your tube cameras. And I think I said that backwards. Um, I do want to mention to people that are listening uh, that I just really came out with recently. It's uh, I've always been embarrassed, but I do have verbal dyslexia. So I, I do get my words mixed up. And that's why I'm really good at writing, but like really terrible at speaking. I have a stutter as well that I've been working on since I was 17, which is crazy how long that's been. So um, if I correct myself, I mean, please have patience with me just because I have to really catch it when I get excited sometimes. You can never tell. Like if you said you uh, had a start, I I can't tell. Uh, Definitely through meditation. It's really helped me 
bring it down a lot because when I used to do school presentations, um, I would get so nervous or I would get incredibly excited whenever I have an intense emotion, the stutter would come out and words literally cannot come out of my mouth. And, uh, it used to be incredibly embarrassing that my stutter would get worse. Right. Which, yeah, just (laughs) progressive. Yeah. Just cry to myself. I was like, this is the worst experience ever. Oh, that's weird. But the fact is that you only had a stutter, but now, you know, as an adult, you are a person that speaks and uses your voice to communicate and express ideas and and thoughts and opinions. So that's, that's cool. I mean, you've overcame that. So that's big, right? A little bit every day, but this is definitely not something I, not a place where I expected to be when I was 17. I never thought I would go and talk in front of people or at least in front of the camera that we do, not really people, especially at this moment in time. But I love being behind the scenes. I'm that kind of person that likes to be kind of quiet. I like to do my art pieces and leave it at that. But actually going out and articulating my thoughts, my opinions, or my research has always been a little bit scary for me. So I didn't think I would be here, but I went ahead and I threw myself to the wolves and here I am. Well, people liked you. And that's, that's, uh, that's a huge thing. Like I said, I've been watching your, uh, uh, you over the last year. I'm just like, wow. Like just watching you, just like I said, just hitting them out of the park, which is awesome. Uh, you got momentum and can keep that going. Uh, one thing before I let you go, I want to talk about, uh, you have uh, done some work with the debrief. Yeah. Uh, how, how did that happen? How did you end up joining that group? So everyone in the debrief has a better story than me. My story is really boring. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Let's hear it anyway. Story. Let's hear it anyways. So I had just started my YouTube channel, just very just beginning to show my face because for a good amount of time, about a year, I didn't show my face on my YouTube channel. I wasn't ready. I, I didn't feel ready. And then I had just kind of bumped out my first uh, interview with Alien Girl 111, Amy. And um, Tim McMillan, one of the co-founders of The Debrief, was like, hey, yeah, I I like what you do. Do you want to work for The Debrief for free? I was like, sure. And here I am. It's like the price is right. How much? How much (laughs) am I paying you now? (laughs) Wow. How much am I making? Dental nice. Yeah, exactly. Nice. This is great. And uh, the other other people like uh, Christopher Plain, Chrissy, they definitely have better stories than I do. Michael uh, Mataluni had a better story than I did before he left, but uh, mine mine is just so boring. Oh well, no. A everybody has a. And sometimes you have a really cool career, and it starts with a boring. Just you know, you just started it like plain, but no, that's still cool. The fact that uh, Tim McMillan reached out to you and liked what you were doing, right? Uh, did you know who he was, or I actually had very, very, very little knowledge of the debrief because it was still so new. It's only been going on for oh, I think about a year now, like a little that's bit, true. a year and a half. So when he hired me six months ago. I was like, yeah, I don't know who you are, and I don't know what the debrief is, but cool. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? You've done pretty good. I mean, like your your first interview was uh, Lou. That's what you were mentioning, right? Yeah, well, it's not my first big one. The first person that I really interviewed was one of the uh, project directors of the Giant Magellan Telescope. Um, That was that. I was horrified. I was so scared to do an interview i was so nervous i think i sweat through my t-shirt like full oh no um yeah yeah because i'm i'm a nervous sweater 
<laughs> me too it's all in my head though i don't sweat anywhere else it's just my oh, head no no i i literally get like really sweaty so he was my first one but it wasn't too bad because like he wasn't incredibly famous you right. know but i i mean his job is incredibly important and we're all so excited for the giant magellan telescope but my first big one was Lou Elizondo and uh, I used Zoom and that was the worst experience I ever had that I said, I'm never going to use Zoom again. I embarrassed myself so badly in front of a guy who's been interviewed hundreds and hundreds of times. Anyways, uh, I stood out to him, right? Because I was messing up. I was stuttering on my words. I didn't know how to use Zoom to the point he's like, you know what, Christina, I feel bad for you. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> so, so, so now, so now we're friends. I'm like, oh, I'll take it. I'll okay. take it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's cute. No, that's funny. That's funny. Um, no, I, cause I, you know, I've interviewed a few people and I know what it feels like, especially like if you're, you know, awkward or not, you know, caught off guard. Uh, I know what that feels like. So, uh, yeah, kudos. I can, you know, the, the interview, I watch it. I can't tell, but uh, you're saying that you must have edited it. Or yeah, something that out. One, yeah. yeah, that one I did edit and it, uh, people were not very happy the fact that I edited it over because um, I was still kind of new. I had just began to learn how to use um, Vegas, right, for, for at least using my face, using a green screen, because I do all of my filming in my very, very tiny college dorm, right? So I use a green screen. I use about 20 different lights in my very, very tiny oh, wow. place because I, I want to make it look as perfect professional as possible right. and this one was like kind of one of my very very first times using a green screen so it required so much more work the very first time I did it so I did have to pre-record my questions uh when interviewing Lua Elizondo and people notice and they're like yeah we don't we don't like this so oh, it's, no. it's it's a trial and error yeah. when it comes to YouTube when it comes to the UFO topic and just in general right like you don't learn until you fall yeah, and that, that's that's why I didn't. I decided not to do the whole video stuff. Like, it's not my monkey, not my circus. As far as I'm concerned, it's not. I can't do video. Like, that's just uh, to me way much work, much much more work than just podcasting. Is. You know, podcasting is. is is simpler. So. It is. It is. Especially when it's pre-recorded, right? You can just kind of cut out all the parts where you sound really dumb. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when it's live, I wish I could. But when it's live, that's it. You, you say something stupid and you're done for. There's yeah. been a, there's been a few times where I got caught on saying something really stupid. One of them being I pronounced the capital of Canada wrong. I said um, Ottawa instead of Ottawa, right? Live. Oh, I got bashed. I got bashed oh, really? for it. But if it was yeah. pre-recorded, you know, I could have fixed it and make myself look a little bit smarter. <laughs> for you, um, what do you have in the works right now, uh, Christina? That's a hard and easy question at the same time. Hard it's hard. Easy. It's hard because this this question about the future, it's it's so difficult to answer because things are changing rapidly every single day. I did not expect to be where I am right now six months ago. I did not. Right. There was no way my name, you could even Google it. I'd have been like, yeah, no, I don't believe you. But here I am. And so that's a bit difficult. Now, what I can say with the projects I have, there are going to be quite a few changes on my YouTube channel. I'm going to be adding other little features, which I'm really excited for to go ahead and hone in a little bit better on my generation, which 
I'm sorry, but they have a, a, a smaller attention span, right, than right. older generations. Um, you know, podcasts, live streams are not as popular, right? right. Even though I even though I've I've enjoyed doing them, there are quite a few things that I'm going to be doing in the future, hopefully pretty soon. But um, I'm also writing a book, actually two books. One oh, wow. is fiction and the other is uh, like this um, about the topic aimed for Gen Z's, right? Gen Zers. And I also have uh, some new shows coming up. And one of them is going to be called Project Eyes on the Skies. And another one will be called uh, Club Nocturnal. So there's a quite a few things coming along and I'm really excited to what the future holds. So you're doing all of this while you're attending school. That is insane. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I am a full-time student, plus I have a full-time job. And then this is also full-time as well. Well, I bet that you have three full-time things that you're you're on the go for. That's crazy. I didn't think you could add any more. Uh, can you tell the audience where we can find all of your, uh, your work, Christina? Absolutely, Jason. You can find me on Twitter where I post most of my updates at eyes underscore on the skies and on YouTube at Christina Gomez um, hyphen paradigm shifts as well. Awesome. Like the, the, the two best places of social media where you can find all my recent work. Nice. You're, you're a Twitter, Twitter fan as well. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm on Twitter so much more than Facebook or Instagram. I I really struggle with those, but I also have a uh, Beacons page link on my Twitter as well for those that want to follow me on other social media. Awesome, and I I suggest for everybody that's listening here that you do follow Christina uh, on all her platforms and keep up. She has a great content on Facebook. I like your disclosure group. Uh, by the way, mm -hmm. I think some people post some really cool stuff on it. And I like the respect uh, that uh, you, uh, I wouldn't say you rule with an iron fist, but you mentioned, <laughs> hey, everybody, please respect each other. And I, I like that. That's that's really cool. I, uh, I think I, that's so important when it comes to respect in this topic. Everyone is so picky, right? Everyone is so, um, can be incredibly rude. And that's for any topic, not just the UFO topic. So being respectful uh, and kind of taking a step back really helps you, right? The people that are getting this information to have a little bit less bias and trying to read or look at all this information without the emotion attached, which can be very, very uh, bad, really. Yeah. It's the thing is the negativity in ufology and uh, the attack that people have, like even the attacks that you've had for, you know, posting videos or I've been attacked myself actually as of late. So uh, I think it just comes with the territory when you put yourself out there. But uh, at the same time, people need to, re to remember that, uh, you know, we're doing this most of the time for free 99. So uh, if there's mistakes, mistakes are expected, right? Uh, at least that's, that's the way I look at it. Uh, Christina Gomez, I thank you so much for coming on UAP Studies today uh, and, and joining us. Uh, it's been, like I said, a pleasure talking to you. I've been seeing you for the last year, and I, I knew I had to have you on because you're representing a new generation of field investigators and you're, you're promoting uh, your generation as well to uh, take up the helm. And that's a huge thing because uh, I'm not that old, but 40 is not young. And uh, I, I, I just, it's cool to see the younger generation take up uh, the helm as well. Who knows? Uh, you might be as as famous as uh, uh, Leslie Keen uh, in the future, right? So 
kudos. I, I'm really proud of, of what you're doing. Um, I'm proud for you um, because you're doing a really good job. Thank you so much, Jason. And thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and I really, really enjoyed it. One last thing I want to mention is I also have a website if you want to go check it out and it's called paradigmshifts.blog where you can find all of the um, YouTube shows with a little article attached along with articles and a few other extra goodies on that website as well. Awesome. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. Thank you.